It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on this edition of Locked On Wizards, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Some players may have had an eh kind of season last year underperforming. Well, how will they bounce back next year? Alex Hollingsworth, founder of Crossover Media and host of Lakers Central, will be joining me here on Locked on Wizards as we take a look at players that have to get it right next year, that have to come back and step up and be the player that they are expected to be in the NBA. We'll be discussing that right here as we take a look at the offseason on Locked on Wizards. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday and welcome to another edition of Locked On Wizards. We close out the week. I'm your host, Renee Washington, and very excited to have a great guest on with us today. We've got Alex Hollingsworth, who is the man behind so much great content, founder of Crossover Media, host of Lakers Central. Alex, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, Renee. How are you? Good, good. I'm happy to have you here and excited to get into so much going on around the NBA. But first, I know that you host Lakers Central. I know you can talk Lakers all day. How are you feeling coming off of a 2020 championship? Something the Lakers haven't been able to celebrate in a decade. Feeling great. It's such an amazing feeling. Um, the Lakers basically win a cha- at least one championship every decade, every decade of my life. So that's that's an amazing feeling. That's that's a good way to look at it, actually. That is a good way to look at it. Every decade, it's like they they you know help you know get back, take away mm-hmm. some gray hairs, win a championship. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, as we look forward and and planning for next season, I definitely want to get into some players that have to have an incredible off season. You know, we saw some guys in the NBA restart, some players in the entire NBA season that in my opinion, either uh, started moving in the right direction or right now have a lot of eyes on them because maybe they didn't have the season that they should have and they underperformed. So I'm, I'm curious to know for this episode, I would love to get your thoughts on players that need to have a big year. Who is it most important that in your opinion, uh, and we'll go like player by player. I don't know if you have like a top five. I know I'm just throwing this at you, but one player that you think based on last season has to have a big season next year. Oh man. Um, so I, I feel like this comes down to um, probably Kyle Kuzma or Alex Caruso for me. Mm. Caruso um, is a really, really good player. And I know like there's the, the, the memes on social media and, you know, a lot of other fan bases think that that Lakers fans kind of overrate him, but he's like a really, really good player. He started in game six of the finals. Lakers fans kind of knew he was good already. Um, but I want to see him take that next step. But he's a phenomenal player. 
Kuzma is the one that's a little more up and down. Um, and I say this all the time on Laker Central. In his defense, you know, he was drafted to a Lakers team that was in full rebuild mode with Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and Julius Randle and all these young guys, right? And so the Lakers team that he was drafted to was going in a bit of a different direction. And then mm-hmm. LeBron shows up and all those guys get traded. And here's Kyle, the one young guy that's left behind. And all of a sudden you go from being a lottery team to a championship contender. And so switching gears like that's going to be tough on a young player. And then he starts this season off injured. I think he missed the first 11 games of the season. He was very up and down. Um, and then, you know, there's this pandemic and the season, you know, is suspended and all this stuff. So, I want to see him kind of be a bit more consistent next season, assuming he even is still on the Lakers roster next year. Yeah, I agree. Those are two good, good starts. I mean, looking at Caruso, you know, we saw moments and and whether it was him getting to the basket and attacking with a little more aggression or on the defensive side or just being able to control the tempo as a guard. And then it was, there were times where he kind of, looked young and had some very young mistakes and his his inexperience showed. So I think it is important for him because of, as you said, the fact that there are a lot of people that are in his corner. I know a lot of people that are team Caruso and, you know, love the way that he plays and what he brings, but if he's going to be a solid starting guard for any franchise, especially for the Lakers, you know, he's got to really show that he can bring that consistency. You think about top guards, you know, looking across, whether it's Rondo uh, Chris Paul, just looking at the ones in the league right now and, and over the years that have been top guard, they're f- your floor generals. They're the ones that, you know, are, are playmakers and able to see the floor well and control the tempo and on the defensive side are locked down, you know? So I think for him to take that next step of being, you know, solidifying who he is as a player, it is important that he brings the consistency and kind of turns a corner to be more of a contributor in some way. And then Kuzma, of course, with the petition alone, I mean, Lakers fans had a petition to say if they win the championship, he doesn't deserve a ring. He's another one that uh, definitely leaves you scratching your head sometimes because of the mistakes he makes. And I think of stretches in the playoffs where you saw the entire team was rolling, momentum, knocking down shots on a run. And then you'd see Kuz drive to the basket and do a terrible pass or just pass to nobody. And it's like, okay, you're on, he's, he's honestly right now a player that I see getting moved. I don't see him with the Lakers next year. I think they're going to try to use him um, in some way to open, whether it's just to open up space for someone, you know, whatever. I think he's going to be an asset to move. So he's definitely got to get it right. So looking away from the Lakers, who else having seen the restart play out, the playoffs play out specifically, any player on another team that you feel as though it is pivotal that next year is a big year for them. Um, you know, look, this is going to sound a bit ridiculous, oh um, boy. <laughs> but Giannis Antetokounmpo, you like, went there. Listen, Talk to listen. <laughs> <laughs> like he's got back to back MVPs. And for me, I'm a, I'm a lifelong Lakers fan. Shaq and Kobe don't have two MVPs combined. You know, they, don't, they only have two MVPs combined, right? And this dude has mm-hmm. two MVPs. They're back-to-back. And at some point, you know this, like kind of the, the cuteness wears off, right? So last year it was Kawhi was in the East. 
Well, before that, LeBron was in the East. Nobody could beat LeBron in the East. Okay, LeBron goes West, and then Kawhi goes East, and Giannis loses to Kawhi. Okay, well, now Kawhi's in the West, LeBron's in the in the West as well. It's supposed to be Kawhi's year to get to – I'm sorry, it's supposed to be Giannis's year to get to the finals. All of a sudden, a Heat team makes Giannis and the Bucks look very, very average. I mean, they lose in five games, I believe. So mm-hmm. you can't beat back-to-back MVP and defensive player of the year and you're losing in the second round. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, so he can put up all the, you know, you know, 20 and 15 games. He, I mean, 25 and 15 games that he wants. But you have to get it done in the playoffs. Now, he's only like 24, I think. So it's not that he doesn't have plenty of time. But at some point, like – who's the person that should be getting in his way in the Eastern conference? Really nobody. It should not have been Jimmy Butler. And that's not a discredit to Jimmy Butler in the heat, but like Giannis should have been the guy in the finals. So he, he needs to make that leap there. There's nobody else out there in the East that should be able to take down the bucks. And if he has another season where they can't get to the finals, Hey, the, You're seeing it with James Harden, right? Like year after year, crazy numbers, MVPs, and he cannot get to the finals. Same thing will happen to Giannis. Mm, I love that pick, actually, because um, I couldn't agree more. You know, I think Giannis right now is putting himself – there's more, more than two, but two definite types of superstars in the NBA. We have the superstars that get the stats and get the, the rings. Players that over the years, you talk about Kobe and Shaq. You talk, I mean, I'm looking at someone like Michael, LeBron, those, the elite superstars, the best of the best. Then we have those players like a James Harden, like a Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Players that are always at the top of the league. And I'll even say like um, Charles Barkley. Like you look over the years in basketball, not even just current players. Players that... Their names are in that top category, but they either have never won a ring or never were able to finish outs and reach that quote unquote full potential. And I think Giannis right now is in a pivotal spot where he's in the midst of taking that step. Everyone wants to say it's his league. He's the best player in the league. No, he's not. He's not the best player in the league. You still have LeBron as the best player in the league. Giannis has not taken that step because of the fact that, as you mentioned, every year come postseason time, Giannis is sent home early. Doesn't matter how great your regular season record is. And, and we can make all the excuses in the book. You know, first time you want to say it's because the Bucks are young. Mm-hmm. Then it's the Bucks are missing pieces, which they are. Don't get me wrong. I still think the Bucks need to fine tune some of their uh, roster to get him some more help. But at the end of the day, as you mentioned, back-to-back MVP and defensive player of the year, there's no reason why you can't lead a team to be a top team in the regular season and at least make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. If nothing else, you have to at least make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And to be knocked out by the Heat in round two, unacceptable. So I do agree. I think all eyes are on him. And it's got to get to a point where it's like put up or shut up. If you want to be the best, you got to show us you're the best. You can't keep getting sent home second round, third round in the playoffs. That's a great one right there, actually. So coming up, we continue talking around players that have to get it right next year. Looking across the league at which guys are need to have a big season next year. Otherwise, they could be in trouble right here on Locked on Wizards. Let me tell you guys about Built Go. Yes, I have told you all about Built Bar, the delicious, tasty protein bars. Well, I want to also tell you about Built Go. 
a new solution, healthy replacement to help you break through those walls of the day, the times where you're tired, where you feel like you can't keep going because work is draining you or your kids are draining you, whatever is going on, you have hit a mental wall. Well, Built to Go is a healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake, doesn't lead to a crash, it's last, it's natural, and it's healthy. Now, looking at Built to Go, they combine energy gel with collagen protein. So it's fast absorbing, gets into the system quickly, easy on your stomach, loaded with all the good stuff that you need to get your day going and give you that extra boost. It's healthy. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages, nice, easy to carry packages that you can put right into your bag, whether it's your purse, your workout bag. And it's the five hour energy boost without the five hour energy crash. Three delicious flavors. I've tried them myself. Peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and much better results. I don't think it gets much better than that. You can visit builtgo.com, use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. So use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alex Hollingsworth here on Locked on Wizards, the founder of Crossover Media and host of Lakers Central. Joining me, your host, Renee Washington, as we've had a chance to take a look at some players that after this past season need to have a big year next season. Looking at the Lakers with Kyle Kuzma and Caruso, looking at Giannis. But we have heard some rumors that the Bucks are looking at bringing in a player like Chris Paul, actually. Do you think that uh, – I know pr- Chris Paul's name's been bouncing around – the Lakers are also a team that his name has been in the mix with, but you think the Bucks are going to be able to bring in Chris Paul and help Giannis get to that point where he now can be, a, you know, run, making a farther run in the playoffs is not an Eastern conference champion at the least. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> listen, listen, um, these smaller market teams, they talk a good game. The Bucks had an opportunity to keep Malcolm Brogdon, right? And they didn't. They let you know they they let him go to Indiana. I, I understand that you know the reports that I've read. The Bucks ownership has said they're gonna. They've told Giannis, "Hey, we're gonna spend money. We're gonna we're gonna put a team around you." Well, to me, they had that opportunity with Malcolm Brogdon, and they didn't yep. do it. And Chris Paul, Chris Paul is a, you know he's a future Hall of Famer. He just had an amazing season helping OKC, you know, fight and uh, and have a great year. But Chris Paul is at the you know end of his career. Like, any Chris Paul makes I think forty one million dollars next year. So my thing is, do I think that they're willing to spend forty one million? Well, basically, I think Chris Paul has two years left on his deal, so somewhere around eighty plus million. 
on a veteran Chris Paul? I, I no. I think that the Bucks are just talking, <laughs> or just you know the blog, the blogosphere, or the journalist, yeah. or whoever's just making this stuff up. NBA Twitter, but these small market teams, you you look, you you've got to spend money to make money. And I don't think that those teams ever really want to go into the luxury tax to win. And unfortunately it may end up costing them Giannis because if they don't, if they don't make it to the finals this, this next season, Giannis would be a damn fool to stay in Milwaukee. You know, I, I think that Giannis right now is being fed. Uh, I won't use the terms that I want to use. They're, they're trying to sell him to keep him there. Like, no, like they're trying to keep him around for another year. No, we're going to bring in these players for you. Look, look at us. We're trying to get Chris Paul. But as you said to me, the sign that the fact they weren't able to keep Malcolm Brogdon is a sign you have to take, you know, like when you get, when you get those red flags in life, Mm -hmm. when you have those signs where it's like blatant in your face, you got to take them for face value. This is one of them. If I'm Giannis, it's time to go. And this team is actually moving in the wrong direction. You look at what the Celtics, the Heats, the Raptors, you know, you look at the other teams in the East alone. As you mentioned, without LeBron, without Kawhi, this should have been the Bucks conference. There's no reason they should not have won. But come playoff time, and even on actually in the seeding games, I was never impressed by the Milwaukee Bucks. I always felt like they were very predictable. They didn't have the versatility. They didn't have... Uh, enough threats around Giannis. So bringing in one player, I don't think solves that. And a veteran, go ahead. Sorry, I I, I didn't mean to interrupt, please. Go for it. I I just want to make a point. If I'm Giannis, I'm looking at two specific situations. One, the Cleveland Cavaliers when LeBron was there his first seven years. Mm, As great as LeBron LeBron was, and clearly he's better than Giannis, right? As great as he was, the, no other superstar would go to Cleveland, not one. I remember in those days, LeBron saying he tried to get Amari Stoudemire to come there. He wouldn't come. Like nobody would go to Cleveland. And and Dan Gilbert was willing to spend money and nobody right. would go there. So that's, I'd look at that situation. And then I would look at OKC when they had Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. Not, not only did they have those three, but they had Ibaka. They had Jeff Green. Mm-hmm. And they they, had they were a championship they, team. They were fresh off a loss in the finals, right? They were ahead of schedule. And what did OKC ownership do? They were afraid to go into luxury tax, and they traded James Harden for uh, uh, the Martin kid. Like those are the two situations I'm looking at. Small market teams either they can either either they're willing to spend and can't get other superstars to come there because of the market, or they're afraid to spend. And those are the two situations. If I'm honest, I'm looking at and I'm saying, do I want to be stuck here another four or five years? It's time to make a move. And for him to be a champion, you know, that's something that LeBron was talking about in his move to Miami with the decision. People hated it. People still hate him for that. But LeBron has said, you know, in that move, playing alongside players like Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, getting and the chance to go to a new franchise and having almost like a fresh start and also going to a franchise that's won a championship. You know, that's something that gave him the boost to get over that hump. Giannis right now, that's a great comparison of, of where LeBron was in the seven years with Cleveland to Giannis with Milwaukee right now. They're not going anywhere. They peaked. You know, I hate to say it. The best we're going to get from them is a regular season best record. And 
being the number one seed. There's no way, in my opinion, the, the Bucks are moving in a direction to win the East. I'm, and we're not even talking championships. We're just talking about your conference. Because the other teams are just, as you mentioned, between the markets, the coaches, the front office, they are more primed to be working towards a championship. To me, Milwaukee, the way their front office is, is exactly what we see on the floor. Very complacent, not a lot of energy. They play like uh, just kind of going through the motions at times. Mm -hmm. It's very, very uh, boring basketball at times. Like when I watch Milwaukee games, I was like, ugh. This is not neat. like you already know what's going to happen. I can I can tell you what's going to happen every play on the offensive end and on the defensive end. And for Giannis, it's time to go. You know, he he is a big fish in a little pond and he's outgrown that pond. It's time to go somewhere where they can think bigger, think championships and be working towards that. So I love that comparison of him to where LeBron was with Cleveland the first time around because I don't see them bringing in anyone. So I think it's time for him to make a change and it has to happen now. Every year he is, he's still young, but we know also Alex that time flies by. And if he's not working towards, if he's not working towards a championship, he's wasting time. He should be at least on a championship contention team. When you look at Milwaukee, mm -hmm. when you you look at Milwaukee, Budenhoser is the coach. And just like Milwaukee right now, can't get over, get over the hump, even though they're winning 60 games a season. It was the same thing when when Budenhoser was in Atlanta. They at times they were the number one seed in the East sometimes, but they could never get past LeBron. And then you look at the Bucks. Not only are they a small market, but you're coming off of a year where the NBA is losing money because of the pandemic. I mean, everybody's losing money because of the pandemic. Yeah. But there's so there's going to be a salary comp, a salary uh, uh, cap crunch. Are the Bucks really going to be willing to spend whatever it takes to put a team around Giannis? I don't think so. No. I mean, so and, and it's, it's fair to ask. They gave Chris Middleton $180 million. Nothing wrong with him taking that money because I would have taken it. But it's fair to ask, is he really a $180 million player? So if, if that guy is taking up that much of your cap, is he reliable to be your second option? I I don't know. I don't watch enough Milwaukee, honestly. To be, to be no, I don't either. That. But that's a big part. That's a big problem in itself. Like as a fan, as a fan, forget even just as a reporter, as a fan, it's not a team that I'm like excited to watch. There are a number of teams that I'm always looking forward to their games, the seeding games and the, and the, even in the playoff games, I was like, Oh, Milwaukee's on like, eh, I can watch, but I'm not excited, excited to watch. And that's exactly how I feel this team is as a whole. Like, I feel like that embodies what this team lacks. There's no energy there. There's no excitement. There's no oomph. It's just like a bleh team. Like they're just very it's come playoff time. Again, you know what you're going to get, Mm -hmm. but I think what we're touching on the biggest thing about this team is this is a franchise that has already exceeded a lot of expectations. And when you are in a culture that of complacency, where they're okay with just being better than what they were ever expected to be, they don't see the bigger picture. They don't see like how close they are to being a championship team because they're in my mind, complacent with just being a regular season Eastern conference champion and getting the number one seed and getting to the playoffs instead of realizing that the championship is in reach, but they don't have what it takes to get there. And they don't have what it takes to put the work in to get there. So coming up, we continue talking around players that have to get it right next year. Players that have to have a big season and have to be ready to go. Otherwise the conversation around 
their status in the league and who they are as a player, superstar, top player in the league, who is up to be questioned. So we'll be getting into that right here on Locked on Wizards. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. It's Friday. We're closing out the week talking with Alex Hollingsworth, founder of Crossover Media and host of Lakers Central, looking at players in the NBA based on their performance last season, whether they played well or did not play so well and need to have a big season next year because they're under the microscope, whether it's the retention they've brought on themselves, not playing well, injuries, they've got to get it right. So Alex, we've had a chance to talk around a lot of players so far. I want to get your final thoughts on some guys that have to get it right. So we've done enough beating up the bu- the Bucks, beating up the <laughs> Bucks. Excuse me. Um, definitely have to get into some other players. And actually, I have a, a question for you that sure. you know afterwards. But let's look at some more players. Who else do you have in your mind that, based on this past season, has to have a big year next year? Um, let me, so let me give this a a little bit of thought that, that has to have a big year next year. Um, James Harden comes to mind, not so much statistically because he puts up crazy numbers year in and year out. But one thing jumped out at me, um, when the Lakers played the Rockets in the second round was that. In that series, you know, the Lakers were double teaming him very hard and he would pass the ball out of the double team. And then like he did nothing else. He wasn't cutting. He wasn't demanding the ball back. He just he wasn't doing anything once he passed the ball out of the double team. And look, at some point, he's he's got to do something. I mean, a couple years ago, they had Golden State on the on the rocks and they missed 27 Rockets, missed 27 three pointers in a game seven. Like to me, it had nothing to do with Chris Paul not playing in that game. That's nonsense. Mm-hmm. Missed 27 three pointers. Like, come on, that's ridiculous. So James Harden, I think, is someone that at some point has to kind of get his mind right. Um, I'd say Kyrie. Like Kyrie year in and year out, he plays somewhere around 60 games. And not so much this isn't so much an injury thing as much as it is like what are the nets gonna be this this up and coming season? Like Kyrie, you know, he took some backhanded shots at LeBron a couple weeks ago. He says, <sighs> said it wasn't about LeBron, about looking down at the bench and seeing another guy that could hit a shot, you know, because now him and KD are on the 
same team. Like Kyrie, I, Kyrie's game is phenomenal, but I'm kind of just like, all right, dude. Like, I just want to see you healthy, and I want to see if you can really be as good as your talent suggests you can. Um, KD, like a lot, mm. I, there are people saying that KD is like going to look like he did before the injury. And look, I I, I love Kobe Bryant. I, I've, he's my guy. I got to see Kobe up close and personal when he tore that Achilles. I know he was a bit older than, than Durant when he did it, but the Achilles injury is like the worst one that a basketball player can suffer. Durant, seven feet. You usually don't come back looking the same when you go through that injury, but I want to see if he can kind of look halfway what he did before he got injured. Um, those are some of the people. And you know what? Joel Embiid. He's someone mm. also. Oh, you are you're you're yeah, you're saying something now. Like like same thing <laughs> with Philly. I, I so the same thought process I had with Giannis, like what's Philly gonna do? You know, they were all about the process and they tanked all those years and they got rid of Sam Hinkie. So like Embiid is a hell of a player, but like what is him and Simmons gonna do? And you brought in Doc Rivers, and I for one think that you know, Doc is a good coach, but I think that like him and those Celtics players live off that 08 championship, like it's 10 championships in a row or something like it's just over celebrated. But Doc, you know, he's come up short a number of times. I thought Lob City underachieved. Mm-hmm. Clearly this Clippers team underachieved. And now you're going to a Philly team that has underachieved also with Embiid and Simmons. So I want to see Embiid like can, you know, Anthony Davis, you know, he's kind of more of a power forward, let you know, not so much of a center. So, like, is Embiid the best center in the game, or is it Jokic? Because Jokic, you know, he gets it done in the playoffs, clearly. But Embiid, what is he doing? Is he more concerned with, you know, being a funny guy on Twitter? Right, and his Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Yeah. Like, you can can do both. You can do the commercials and all that stuff, but, like... Be the Hulu guy and be a a guy that's able to be healthy and play and win games. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a number of guys. Like, I, I just feel like, you know what? I feel like guys like LeBron have spoiled us with their, their number of years of excellence. And uh-huh. these other guys, it's just kind of like, all right, what are they doing? Like, that's the part I, I don't I don't know. So I, I'm, I named a lot of people. But it's like a lot of guys, and I'm just like, all right, who's next? Like, when LeBron oh. really does slow down and, and – <laughs> I love Anthony Davis. I'm glad Anthony's on my team. Um, yes. And I, I'll name one more player and then I'll shut up. Um, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. Oh, uh, yes. Mic drop. Cue uh, the applause. Gonna, this is going to sound ridiculous, probably, but like, I think Kawhi is one of the most overrated players in recent memory. He's a, he is a top five player today. He's a bad man, but like, the comparisons to Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. I, like I, I think that people ran a bit much with that that championship he won run one with the uh, the Raptors. I mean, let's just be honest; it was a phenomenal championship, but he also beat a Golden State Warriors team that was completely decimated by with injury, right? Mm-hmm. And then people talk about his Finals MVP in 2014, but that mm-hmm. first team also had Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, uh, Tony Parker. It was coached right. by Rick Popovich, like. I just feel like people jumped the shark on Kawhi a bit. And this particular season, when he was supposed to be like the guy that unseated LeBron, 
he lost a three one lead against Denver, right? Like, I, what do you what are we doing here? What are we really doing here? You know, I think. Oh my gosh, you said so many incredible things. <laughs> I think the biggest thing, in my opinion, is so many people are always quick to want to dethrone. And I, I hate to make this all about LeBron, but I'm going to bring it back to him because I'm a LeBron fan and I, I just get this vibe. So many people are so quick to try to dethrone LeBron and say, Kawhi is the best. Giannis is the best. This team mm-hmm. is the best. We don't really appreciate his greatness. When you look at players, and actually the, the crazy thing is, it's not even just the players. All those guys you mentioned, it's also their teams. I think yeah. Russell Westbrook, James Harden in the Rockets, uh, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid in the Sixers, Kawhi, Paul, George, and the Clippers. Yep. Um, who else did you name that was a big one? Oh, Kyrie, KD, and the Nets. All yeah. these guys and their teams need to prove something because we're so quick to want to just give players these pedestals they have not earned yet. Everybody had the Clippers as the best team. I was saying from day one, the Clippers are not the best team in the NBA. On paper, they may have a lot of talent. They're not the best team in the NBA. And what happened? We saw it play out in front of our eyes when they blew a 3-1 series. And honestly, even before that, when they were never healthy, you saw all the antics and the foolishness Mm -hmm. of them on and off the court. That's not a championship team. There's more to being a champion than just being the best player. And we all say hard work beats talent when talent doesn't hard work, doesn't work hard. We all say it's about a team, this, that, and the third. Yet we get, people get so quick to want to say, oh, this is the best, the best team ever, the best player ever, the best player in the league. No, they have to earn that title. It's still LeBron James and it's still whatever team he's on, to be honest. Um, they have to earn that title. The Nets haven't done anything. But I, I think the other big thing that's consistent about each of those players you've named, aside from them being all-stars that have underperformed, because much like we were talking about with Giannis, the same applies to every single player you've named where they have underachieved and been unable to get over. Look at the Sixers, the Rockets, well, the Nets haven't done anything, um, but the Sixers, the Rockets in the playoffs, much like the Bucks, where are they every year? Sent home. Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard sent home. And when you're supposed to be the best, you're supposed to at least come out of your conference. You know, you, you, there's no reason you should be getting knocked out in these series first series for the Sixers, second series for the Bucks. That's unacceptable. But these are also players that have put a lot of that on themselves because they're also very vocal. James Harden, not vocal in the same way, but you look at the, the and of course, Kawhi is not vocal at all, um, doesn't speak, but you look at the way that like a Kyrie brings this attention on himself and KD with their never ending comments. They bring that on themselves and then they turn around and now you're, talking about who's the best closer how about you playing a game how about you actually get to the championship without lebron and then let's see who's the best closer oh wait but you're not there you're at home you know Giannis, best player in the league where are you at at home Kawhi. to me the biggest thing that i saw and i had a feeling when doc the news came out that doc was leaving the clippers there was more to it because Kawhi has also been a consistent theme behind the spurs his issues with pop the raptors his issues with pascal siakam the Clippers now suddenly Doc is out. Kawhi to me is not a leader. So Kawhi to me is not going to be a champion again because of the fact he can't lead his team in those big moments. Look at what he did in that 3-1 series. Paul George's side who was awful and so inconsistent. Yeah. Kawhi yeah. Leonard, a champion. Where were you? What were you saying? Why weren't you getting your team going in the huddles? Why weren't you coaching your team? Why weren't you trying to help guys get going? Not a leader, not a champion. 
So I think that's the, my biggest issue is so many people that don't really pay attention. I feel like they're just ready to crown a new king and dethrone LeBron and put, oh, you know, let's put these guys on pedestals. None of the players you have named have done anything except for Ka- Kawhi. He's has won a championship at least. Mm-hmm. But as you mentioned, if you want to put an asterisk on something, you could definitely put an asterisk on that championship. Well, and look, and I tell people all the time, um, like Kawhi is a bad man. Like, and I yeah, like full disclosure, players. he is like, I wanted him to be a Laker. Like, I wish he was a Laker. If he said tomorrow, I want to be a Laker. I take him on the Lakers. So like, like, let me be really clear to your listeners. Like I take Kawhi any moment of the day. Um, but there's something to be said about his leadership skills that it's clearly lacking. And I think you've seen that now with like people like Trez and Lou Williams and all the rumors coming out of, you know, the Clipper stuff about, um, Kawhi being allowed to live in San Diego and then Ooh, yes. because it's, it's three hours from LA. So, you know, he's been late to practices and all the preferential treatment. Now look, star players get preferential treatment. That's, that's how it works, but, yeah, but you better show up on time and <laughs> you better damn well be winning. Like and be and, winning. And, right. And, and that's the thing. And so I understand that the league gets kind of fatigued when the same guy's winning all the time. And I get that there's the LeBron fatigue. Um, but I think it's important to also appreciate greatness and not try to shorten one's greatness when, look, what LeBron is doing is unprecedented. His run is ridiculous. Um, but it, Kawhi came up short, and I, I had this conversation with somebody recently. I talked about the Mavericks series, the, the Clippers versus the Mavericks, and Luka was playing out of his mind, and I was like, if Porzingis was healthy that series, oh my God, maybe Dallas gets past the Clippers. Like, I mean, so then what are we saying if, if Clippers lost in round one? Or it might have been round mm-hmm. two. I think they might have matched up. But, like, I don't know. It's just I, I think we're too quick to crown somebody else. Um, and I don't think that that's fair. So I, I thought I thought people learned their lesson when, like, you know, when Kobe tragically died. Like, appreciate these guys. Appreciate, appreciate LeBron. It. Right. He's a one you know of what a I'm kind. Saying? Yeah. No, I honestly was saying that when the Clippers Mavs series was playing out, they every single game, I don't like to use the word luck because I feel like when you set yourself up to be successful, it's not a matter of luck. It's about putting yourself in position Mm -hmm. to succeed. But that was kind of luck. (laughs) I felt as though, uh, what's that? Luca was balling. I mean, the Mavs. And then, but Luca got injured. Game one. Porzingis, and I, I literally can't, un, I can't wrap my head around this. Game one, Porzingis gets ejected. Game two, Luca gets hurt. Game three, I think it was Porzingis with his knee. Game mm-hmm. four, I think it was Luca again. I forget which timeline of which game. Either way, they were playing without both of their players healthy and on the floor the entire time. And every single game when an injury happened, when Porzingis got ejected, you saw the complete change. And they still were honestly able to, or close to beating the Clippers. The Clippers didn't, they struggled in that series. And I was saying then, whoa, this, like I've been telling people, this Clippers team, don't be so, don't be so sold on them because they barely got by Dallas. Now Dallas is a great team, don't get me wrong. But what we're, what you and I are saying is they were a couple injuries and ejection away from that series being theirs. And the Clippers could have been knocked out versus Dallas. Well, and to your point, it also shows a lack of focus, right? So I know you've seen that meme that's been around oh, for a while yeah. on social media of like the, the white dude 
looking at the he's holding his girlfriend's hand but he's looking at like the other girl walking by and people <laughs> always put like a different word or something on it the clippers all season long were looking at the lakers like all season long all season long Stuck and then when them. they got to the yeah and when they got to the playoffs like i think that they didn't really look at the mavericks so that it, it could have cost them i don't think they paid attention and then when it when, when it got to uh the nuggets and they were up 3-1 it was like oh we're good we're gonna see the lakers next round and they didn't mm-hmm. pay attention and the nuggets came back and punched them in the mouth and then in game seven the nuggets were up 20 before you knew it and the clippers looked like they had no idea what was happening because all yep. they did was focus on the Lakers. You have to focus on the task at hand. And that's where they fell short. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, Jared Dudley and the, the Lakers guys were saying, and I agree with them, mm-hmm. we were all laughing at the Clippers. Yeah. You're so stuck yep. on building your team to beat the Lakers. What about every other team in the NBA? It's not enough to beat that's the right. Lakers if you don't get to them. Aye, aye, aye. Thank you, Alex, for joining us on this edition of Locked on Wizards as we close out the week. Alex will be back on Monday as we take a look at the Wizards talking around what they've got to do for next year. As we're talking about players that have to get it right, got to continue talking around what the Wizards need to do next season, but also looking at coaches that have to get it right. Coaches that may be on the chopping block, coaches that are under scrutiny, coaches that if they don't have a better season and help their team get over the hump next year, their jobs may be in jeopardy. We'll be talking about that here on Locked on Wizards on Monday as we've got more discussions around the offseason next week. So as always, be sure to hit that subscribe button to keep up with all the content we've got going on each and every day, Monday through Friday here with me, your host, Renee Washington. Have an awesome weekend, everybody. And I'll see you back here on Monday with Alex Hollingsworth for more on Locked on Wizards. Washington out. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.